This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, or you tweeted your running back right now. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Nate, who is going to be that guy. And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins him and tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. We're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. For screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello to Lopez! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I just got Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies for Kirkstreet. We ran out of time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. What's going on, everybody? It is 8.30 Central Time, the coolest time zone in the world. Eastern Time's the father, brothers, nephews, cousins, former roommates of time zones. Did you get it, Austin? No? No? No, no. You You were right. Before my time. I am Matt Bruning. That is Austin Nace. That is Ray Garvin. On tonight's show, we are doing a draft day version. We have the King of Debbie joining us, as you can see below me. We will be talking about who is the top pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And Felix is still out after he threw out his back blow drying his hair. So, Austin, we are giving away a jersey. Tell the listeners about it. So we have a signed uh, Javante Williams jersey. Uh, Matt, are you going to Vanna White it here for us tonight? Or uh, I, I do not have it on hand. There it is. All you lovely yeah. people to watch live. Um, we are giving that away when we have 60 reviews on Apple Podcasts. I believe last time I had checked, I think we have like 53. So we're getting closer. We're only seven away. Um, so, you know, you can go in there and say anything. You can say, you know, you, you hate us. You love us. Just give us the review. Give us the rating. And uh, you'll be entered to win that. Yes. Once that happens, we'll do the drawing live on air like we did with the Kyler Murray jersey. So as I mentioned, Ray Garvin is joining us tonight, creator of Destination Debbie and the Black Box Show. Ray, what's going on, man? Thank you so much for taking time out of your night to join us. Appreciate y'all, man, having me here, man. Dope show that y'all produce. Dope show that y'all put on. And I, I kind of joked with you, Bruning, uh, before the show when you asked me to come on. Felix couldn't be here, so you had to find the other ball headed black guy to bring on the show. <laughs> it's all good, man. I still got love for you, man. 
you know, it just, it just, you know, symmetry. It just happened. You know, hey, I, did, yeah, I don't really yeah, think yeah. about it. It's, you know, yeah, it just worked. Yeah, it just worked. Yeah, it just worked. Yeah. <laughs> we we had Colin on last week, who's the whitest person ever. If that makes you feel better. Yeah, so. we, had, we, had off, we had to offset it a little bit. You know, we had to bring in some knowledge <laughs> and 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 some you know fire content. That you had me, Austin, and Colin on here. We're as vanilla as it comes. So let's just be honest. Oh, so it's all good, man. Good. I, I I really do enjoy the show, man. This is something I tune into, Broning. Awesome, ton of respect for y'all and, and what you guys have built with Campus to Canton. Oh my gosh. So uh appreciate you having me on. Well, we appreciate the love. So on the 2022 draft special, as I said, we are going to be talking about a little bit of the 2022 draft. We all know, thankfully, that the 2021 NFL draft is kicking off tomorrow night. It'll be live right now, so we can stop discussing all of these fake narratives with these players. But with that being said, we're going to focus on 2022, which will be in your hometown of Las Vegas, Ray. And we're going to start with the quarterbacks. There's a lot of similarities in that 2022 class to this one. You've got a lot of talk about five, six, seven quarterbacks right now. On the college side, people talk about could be first-round picks. But the big two are right. Rattler and how many believe those guys are the one and two. Do you believe that Ray and do you have them ranked Rattler and how or how and Rattler? Yeah, I do think those are the top two guys uh, in the class at this moment. But, you know, I think the past couple of years have, have taught us that every year there's going to be one or two potential guys that sort of come out of nowhere and pop. And, you know, for those of us in Debbie or CSC leagues, I think that's the ultimate key is to find which one of those guys are going to pop since everybody's on Rattler and how. But to answer the question, I have them right now, Spencer Rattler at one and Sam Howell at two. I had Howell at two, but after watching what Rattler did, you know, a lot of people dog on his on his season last year. And I'm thinking, dog, he was a freshman, a freshman who completed that. You know, I don't have his stats pulled up in front of me, but I believe – what close to 70% completion percentage, 67% completion percentage as a, as a red shirt freshman, uh, to get five to seven interceptions, something like that, like nothing ridiculous, right? Just, I mean, the dude is, the dude is legit and his arm talent, you know, we got a player in this class, Zach Wilson. I know Felix is a big Wilson fan was dude was on him before everybody in the damn community. Uh, but Rattler's arm is on par, if not better, than what Zach Wilson possesses. I mean, it's just a flick of the wrist and it's downfield. Uh, so right now at this stage, I do have it Rattler Howe one, two. Yeah, he had a 67.5 completion percentage with just seven interceptions. So you were correct there. Austin, how many QBs do you see being viable QBs in this 2022 uh, draft next year? Yeah, I mean, Ray just said it perfectly. There, there's always a couple of guys that come out of nowhere or, you know, not always nowhere, but you know, we, we, we think there's one, two, and there's probably going to be a lot more guys in that conversation come next year. Um, I mean, a lot of people still like Keaton Slovis had that rough year this year. We'll see if he can bounce back. You've got some of the tools of your guys in the class, like a Matt Corral, a JT Daniels, a Carson strong, a Jane Daniels. You know, th there's a lot of guys in that next tier. Desmond Ritter. I know some people like him a lot. Um, so, Teams always need quarterbacks. Like it, it, this is not a shocking development. Yeah. There's always going to be well. Usually, there's going to be too many taken in the first round for probably what deserve. I mean, we're the people are talking about Kellen Mond possibly sneaking into the first round. I mean, a quarterback is just always going to be a commodity. So it wouldn't shock me to see a couple of these other guys stand up. I will say, like I, I keep fading Sam Howell compared to Rattler. 
And then, he, then I watch him play, and it's like this guy, you know, he doesn't have all the tools. He's not quite the athlete that some of these guys are. He doesn't have the arm strength. The guy just knows how to play quarterback. Like, you watch that spring game last weekend, and he had some freaking dimes. Like, I just need to watch North Carolina every week so that I keep that in the back of my mind. Because you, you see these toolsy guys, and Sam Howell is not that, but he's not, you know, some scrub either. Yeah, I think the reason I have Hal at one is just going to show my uh, my complete bias here is uh, Ray does like film breakdowns in his uh, his Patreon and everything. And he was doing UNC uh, It's probably a couple months ago now at this point. He was looking at like Deame Brown, Javante, Michael Carter. And then we were watching. He was watching some of Sam House throws. And he's like, you know, he kind of reminds me of Baker Mayfield. It's like, you know what? That's why I love him so much. I just I can't I can't quit myself some Baker Mayfield. He, he he is. I think that's a, you know, I, I'm not one for comping players. Yeah. I don't do that a ton. Um, but I think that's an, I think that's fair, man. He's got this weird hitch in his throw, but the ball gets downfield. It gets to where it needs to go. What's crazy is coming out of high school. I think he was listed as a dual threat quarterback. And if you go to his very first game versus South Carolina, they tried to run him a lot on RPOs. And I'm like, this dude is not He's not a dual threat quarterback. He's got some mobility, but stop Mac Brown. Stop trying to run him on RPOs. It's not his game. Um, you know, I think he's a solid quarterback, man. I think he's I think he's a solid quarterback, but the, I mean, you know, and and we didn't even I know we threw JT Daniels down there a little bit later and you still have players like uh, Malik Willis out of Liberty. So it's going to be and who's going to who should put up monster numbers? this season playing against inferior competition. But uh, right now I think it's Howell and Rattler, and I think it's a break. I still am a Keaton Slovis fan. I like Slovis. Um, I think he's going to be really good this season uh, with Drake London there as his, as his top dog. But I think it's those two cats at the top for sure. So, Austin, I'll throw this one to you first. You guys both mentioned that a lot of these quarterbacks could easily jump up here. Maybe not with Rattler and Howe, but as you mentioned, a lot of teams are going to be looking for quarterbacks every single year. Out of the JT Daniels, Keaton Slovis, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, who am I forgetting? Um, uh, damn, there's someone I know Gray, I'm forgetting. Grayson McCall. Who, who's one of these guys that you think is going to – that you bet your money on right now? You're in a C2C draft, and you're in whatever. The seventh, eighth round, I know a lot of these guys are going before then. But say they're all fading quarterbacks in the seventh, eighth round. Who's that one guy you're going to bet on to kind of rise up and get that high-end draft capital next year? You, you didn't say my guy, which was Matt Corral. I knew I, I forgot what I was trying to think of. So. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't love Matt Corral. I'll be completely honest. But I see enough there – that I think if he has a good year and he improves a little bit on some of the decision-making things, that an NFL team will talk themselves into liking him more than they like some of these other guys. So maybe that's a little bit of a cop-out answer, but I, I do think that's what's going to happen. The guy probably uh, – I have a hard time you saying these absolutes. He probably has the strongest arm in college football. The kid has an absolute whoa, cannon on him. Whoa, no? whoa, whoa, whoa. Matt Corral? Yeah, you say DJU or who? Do, who do you think has strongest arm in college football? Right? Nah, nah. I don't. Corral didn't have a strong arm than Spencer Rattler, man. No way. Interesting. Okay. No All way. Right. No way. That's fair. That's fair. I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think he he pushes the ball downfield as good as any as well as any quarterback in the in college. And I can't put DJ in that category because we've only seen him do it for a game and a half. That's what I thought you were going to say because I know he has a big arm as well, but. Uh, not enough evidence there for me to, to to say that. But regardless, I mean, is he any worse than a, um, 
you know, I, I kind of say he's like a Jameis Winston in college where, you know, that's, that's who I, I kid you not the whole time you were talking, I was like, Jameis Winston. And here's, here's my thing with quarterbacks in college. This is, this is, this is my thing. Inaccurate quarterbacks, quarterbacks who are turnover prone, you know, bad decisions. Yes. That can be coached out to some degree at the next level. But, uh, you know, a leopard just doesn't change his spots, man. Like, that's that's completion percentage and decision-making. Like, Jameis made bad decisions at Florida State but got away with it. Make ton of bad decisions in the NFL. And, you know, while he was productive for us in fantasy, okay, you got a couple of years out of it, but now we see his asses on the bench because he makes horrible decisions. Sam Darnold, I am the biggest USC Trojans fan that there is. And they were, I was like, there's no way I would take Sam Darnold number one because if you go back to his, especially his final season at USC, it was boneheaded decision after boneheaded decision after boneheaded decision. And while his arm was there and he had the mobility, he made badass decisions with, with the Jets. And I think he's going to make bad decisions with the Carolina Panthers. It's, it's hard when that's been a quarterback's game for their entire life to just think, that as soon as they get to the next level, that's all going to correct itself. Like it's, a, you know, when I was in law school, my law, my, one of my criminal law professors told me the same people that show up late to class here in law school are the same ones that are going to show up to the courtroom late uh, when that, when they become an attorney. And, and that's, I mean, the shit holds true, man. So just, I like Corral. I, he's talented, but I just, I, I think, I think we're wanting him to be, what what he's what what he's not gonna be like i if if i'm wrong on this one and he ends up turning into zach wilson and make himself you know a ton of money and move himself out of day two day three to a top pick i'll come right back on this show and be like man i was dead ass wrong but right now i just i i can't see that because i don't think he's gonna make good decisions next year do you think an nfl team is gonna fall in love with his skill set though because that's my, i think he is i think you buy him and then you cheat you try to pawn him off in a year or two because I, I I think he's gonna jump up boards. I really, really do. I think teams are gonna fall in love with his tools. But they haven't learned their lesson. If you just said they did it with Jameis and Darnold, yeah. I mean yeah. so yeah, that's fair. Hundred percent fair. And if that's if that's what you're because there's there's two sides of the coin, right? These players, you you need players to help you win, but then you also need players as value, as currency to trade for other things. So I think you're spot on with that. I do think he's gonna be and if he starts the season off hot. You know, uh, we got we got to see who else they're going to throw to besides Mingo. But uh, I do think that he's got that potential to to kind of light it up and, and gain some value. He's definitely going to gain value this year, but uh, I just I'm not feeling him as some high end talent. Not right now. Is there a quarterback outside of Rattler and how you'd bet your money on Ray? No, 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 not not in 2022, man. I mean. You know, we talked about it at the top of the show. Every year, Austin said it, man. Every year, teams are are hunting for quarterbacks. So we'll know somebody. We're talking about fucking Davis Mills, man. Like, come on. Like, we're, we're really discussing that. So, of course, they're going to be players. But, like, bet my money on? Nah, man. I like Grayson McCall, and I think he's a good value in C2Cs right now. But he's at Coastal Carolina. Um, Keaton Slovis, I do think he'll bounce back. I think he's got a ton of tools. Um, but outside of Howell and, and, and Rattler, I just right now I'm just kind of like I, I'll just pass. Davis Mills, Collins, QB five, right? Isn't he big on? Isn't he big on Davis Mills? I could have swore he talked about that with with Brandon on their latest episode. 
I th- I think he likes him more than like any of those other, you know. He that, likes that, him more that, than that, that bucket of glass. That's just out there well, behind whatever. <laughs> so moving on to the running backs, we got Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Eric Gray, Kyron Williams are the guys we are talking about the most. Ray, is the 2022 class a better class than we are giving it credit for? Yes, absolutely. Why? Do you compare it to – we talk about Najee and Etienne are kind of the, the tops of this class, right? Javante is in that discussion as well. But if Najee and Etienne would not have come back this past year, it would clearly be Javante, and then this class would be – is it fair to say complete crap? if Najee and Etienne would have come out last year and neither one of them would have gotten the grades that we think they're going to get this year and being possible back in first round picks. I'll just say this. I believe that if, if uh, Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller were in the 2021 NFL draft, we'd be talking about them both as at worst RB threes. I, I would take both of those guys ahead of Javante Williams I think there's an argument. I know I asked the question to, you know, some of my people, Ryan Lopes and some other guys. I was like, would you take Brees Hall over Najee Harris right now? And people were split on that. I heard like, you know, some people were like, I take Brees RB1 in 2021. And I don't think Isaiah Spiller's that far behind Brees Hall for me. And when I watch Spiller and I turn off the tape, I'm like, damn, he's the RB1 in 2022. And then I'll turn on Brees Hall and be like, nah, it's Brees. Uh, but I think both of those guys, if they were in this class, at worst, they would the argument would be, you know, RB3. I think there's real, real, real possibility that I take Brees over ETN. I'm not the biggest ETN fan, and potentially Isaiah Spiller over ETN as well, who I think he's just fantastic. And the way that Spiller was able to improve his game just on tape, when you look at the burst from his freshman season to this past season, he looked like a completely different player for Texas A&M. So I, I I do think the overall 2022 class is better than 2021. And you didn't even name my RB4 in that class, who I think is better than Kyron Williams. And I'm talking about Kevin Harris out of South Carolina, player that people ain't talking about enough. Kevin Harris is legit. And the fact that he wasn't supposed to do much because of Marshawn Lloyd to go out there and rush for damn near 1,200 yards and then catch 20-plus passes in a shortened season in the SEC at 5'10", 5'11", 225, Kevin Harris. I think he's going to be a riser in this process as well. All right. Well, Ray just gave us a riser for him. Austin, is there a guy that you think outside of those top four could rise up and be with those guys? You've got, you know, Jerry on Ely, um, who else? Zach Charbonnet, Kenneth Walker, Halani, Sincere McCormick, Noah Kane, Zonovan Knight. I know we've got a couple fans over at the side of Zonovan Knight. My guy, Raymond Davis, like any of those guys you think could possibly pop up, maybe not be right there with, with Brees Hall and Spiller, because it does seem like everybody has those two kind of separated out, but maybe jump up with the Grays and Kyrons of the world and, and Kevin Harris. The one thing that I do think the class is lacking beyond those top guys is um, like some sort of uber athletic sleeper. Like they're really, I can't think of a guy like in the next like 10 or 15 of my rankings for 2022 that is like, that is just, you know, you're, you're going to bet on his athletic upside and then watch him climb up the, the, the charts this year. I don't see a guy like that. And since here, McCormick is almost the exact opposite. I do like him, but I'm not, I, I don't think I would put him in that tier to be completely honest. Um, so, so no, I know some people are really high in Zemir White. I can't get there. He's he's a total I have to see it to believe it kind of guy, and I have not seen it yet. So, um, you know, if he does it this year, then kudos to him coming back from all those injuries and stuff. But I I, I can't believe it till I see it with him. 
Well, with them talking about now, Najee and Travis Etienne or Javante, they're saying now there might be two running backs to go in the first round tomorrow night. With with just the way teams want to jump up and get that fifth round contract, you know, I, I think everybody now in the fantasy industry talks about you want to get those running backs for their first contract and you're just kind of done with them. So it seems like NFL teams are too trying to get those guys on those rookie contracts. Say two go tomorrow night. 2022, I know it's hard to predict because we don't know what running backs may be washed up in one year, how things may change. Did you see one, two, three running backs going in the first round next year, Ray? Uh, at this point, probably not. If if I were going to bet money, I'd say one, and that would be Brees Hall if we were going to have one. Um, I think he's a bit more athletic than we're giving him credit for, but to Austin's point, I don't think we have any – hell, I don't think we have any uber-athletes in 2021, you know, to be honest with you. When I'm thinking uber-athlete – I, maybe my standard is way too high, but I'm thinking Saquon Barkley. Maybe that's too high of a threshold to meet, right? Like, honestly, maybe – like, and I'm not even being – maybe that's too high of a bar. Like, Saquon is different, like, as, as an athlete. Um, but, you know, one player that we didn't discuss that I'm just – I'm just telling y'all that I, I know it doesn't make sense, but I will never quit this player, is Keontae Ingram. I'm still not it's, – it's not – listen – it's not Keontae's fault that the best running back since Ricky Williams walked into the Texas program. It's it's not his fault, man. Like I can't I can't blame Keontae for transferring out when he looks to the left of his locker and he sees Bijan Robinson there. I can't blame him. He's got the size. He had the early freshman production. Um, and at USC, he should have a chance to beat a guy. Marquis Step is not very good. Uh, you know, I know Keenan Christian's got speed. They got a couple of other cats, but Keontae should put up big numbers uh, this fall for, for USC. So when we're talking about a guy later, because I think his, I don't know what his ADP is, but I'm sure it has fallen off of a mountaintop, right? Um, I just, I, I still will not quit Keontae Ingram until he's, till he retires from the game of football. I will always be a Keontae Ingram fan. Does it worry you at all how bad it appears that that USC offensive line is going to be? I mean, they gave up eight sacks, and I know it's a spring game where you can like sneeze on the quarterback and they're going to call it as a sack, but still, they gave up eight sacks in the spring game. There's a lot of talks that that offensive line is not going to be very good. Does that worry you at all for Keontae Ingram and his stock? Maybe just for the college side, if you believe he'll be good in the NFL, but the college side and producing this year in 21. Yeah, a little bit, but I mean, it's college football, man. I mean, as bad as their offensive, their defensive line is pretty damn good on the other side of that coin, uh, USC. And I mean, it's it's college, man. Cats get lazy. You're good for some pops here and there. So, I mean, it worries me, but not to the extent like it would in the NFL where those dudes are really like scheming defensive line concepts, linebacker twists. To a certain degree, yes. I mean, and then to a certain degree, not not really. It's it's college and spring games. They're not opening it up. They know it's recorded. It's a condensed version of an offense. So it, talk to me after a couple of weeks during the season. But what I do want to pitch to you guys real quick, and it wasn't on the show sheet, and this is what I do. I just start talking, right? <laughs> Values at the running back position change so quick in Debbie and C2C. Remember a couple of years ago, John Emery Jr., and I was in Debbie drafts, and that dude wasn't escaping the first round. John Emery, Noah Kane, Ricky Slade, all these cats, man. I just it's it's just it's just something to think about how quick 
Keontae Ingram, just how quick shit can change um, in the college game, especially at these skill positions. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here because I drafted a freshman very high. We're in the middle of a C2C startup right now, but that's why I try to go for guys who've already proven it because I, I don't want to take a shot on those freshmen because I, I took a shot on Travion Henderson. I think he is going to be phenomenal, and he may go to Ohio State and shit the bed, but I, I don't think that happens. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I think I'm taking those guys that that have already proven it and continue to prove it on the college level. We've seen – I mean, as Austin can speak to, he's in this draft as well. There's, it's been a weird draft with the way some of these goes, but that's the way C2C drafts are. In, in essence, Debbie, like you were just talking about, some people just get high on these freshmen uh, and, and they take them high. To answer your question on Keontae Ingram, it's not as low as I thought it was. So he dropped a little bit in February. February, his ADP was 106, and then in March, it was at 128. So he's going in the 10th round currently, which is not bad. I still think that you're getting a guy you're expecting to produce in the NFL. So it's still pretty good value, I think, for him. And okay. maybe a guy I'll take here in the next couple rounds. I, I do need to make my pick here in a minute anyways. But Austin, <laughs> uh, oh, never mind. I asked you that question. We're going we're gonna to move on. Wide receivers, 21. Has had is appears to have some depth. Oh, Breeser. Oh, well, I think Ray's pretty much already answered that, but I'll go ahead and ask it anyways. Uh, Najee or Brees? What are you? Is this from a? <laughs> it's from Boz. That's from our good friend. No, Boz no, no. There. Is is this? Is this? Can I answer? Like, I, I take Najee. I take. Let me Najee. let me stop hedging. I take Najee over Brees. Austin, do you agree with that? I know you, you. I don't think you like like either one of them. Yeah, I don't love either one because yeah. I, I think I've almost talked myself into Spiller over Hall going into twenty twenty two. Oh, I like that. I like yeah. that. Like every morning I wake up and like it's just a little bit more. Like and eventually someday he's, he's gonna jump. He's him, but, good, right? Yeah. Like he's legit, man. Well, the he's thing legit. about him and like I, I agree with you. And I said I didn't really like him after freshman year, sophomore year. He looked smaller, but he's listed heavier, which means he put in the work to, you know, get his body right, you know, you know, the right uh, weight distribution, and all that kind of stuff, packed on some muscle, lost some of that fat. It just looked way, well, you know, had like a lot more bursts. I think this guy's a limit with him, man. He's, he's a little bit bigger. He's so physical, great contact balance. He can catch the ball. I, I just really, really like him. So <laughs> that has nothing to do with the question we asked here. No, oh, man. Fine. <laughs> Anytime we talk about Brees Hall, it always comes up to be Kyron or not Kyron. Uh, Spiller's better than him, and so is Bijan. I'm like the last one holding on to the Brees Hall, Brees Hall rope here. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, so 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 y'all are y'all every this show is Spiller over Hall. This is a Spiller over for Hall the show? most part. Yeah, we, we did our running back ranking summit. Was that probably a month ago now? Mm -hmm. And I think. I was the only one who had Brees still at one over Bijan, but it was like a slight edge. I, my biggest thing with running backs is I want him in the NFL as quick as possible. So even yeah. though it's only one year, I still get Brees one year, and I still think he's going to produce on the college side this year. But like Felix has Brees Hall as like the sixth or seventh best running back in college, which I think is asinine, but that's neither here nor there because I trust Felix. He knows what he's talking about. Dude yeah. is smart, but I'm almost Austin was on that thing, doing the same thing, the waffling back and forth. And I'm like, you know, but Spiller's just so damn good. I'm like, no, no guys don't give up on Brees just yet. I, but I don't think it's given up because I felt the same way. I said the same thing. I was like, man, it's razor thin for me. Like when I just watched, Spiller play and you know I'm, I'm a film guy I don't really know that I don't have the numbers I know you need to catch the ball as the running back but he just he moves like a professional running back like the same reasons why I like Najee Harris 
they're the same reasons why I like Spiller. And for me, they're kind of similar in the sense that neither of them have like true home run ability. There was a play, I think, in 2019 where Spiller ripped off like a like a 50-something yard run versus UTEP or some school like that. And he almost got walked down. Like he made it to the end zone, but he almost got walked. Like he's not, but that's Najee, right? And in the NFL, you don't have to be Chris Johnson in order to be effective, man. We see so many running backs that aren't uber athletes that are legitimate NFL running backs. So I'm just glad that I have allies on this show that also feel that Spiller uh, is right there, if not better than Brees Hall. And if Eric Gray were a little bit better, I've been all over Eric Gray for the past two seasons. I just think if he had a little more size to him, because they got him listed at 5'10", 205, I'm looking at him in the spring game and I'm like, Maybe so. If he's listed at 5'10, 205, he's 5'9, 198, 5'9, <laughs> 200. I just don't know if that archetype is a viable staying three down back at the NFL, you know. But I love Eric Gray as well. I think this 2022 class is talented, man. I think I think it's talented. And we we didn't talk about Bam Knight, we didn't talk about Tyler Goodson, we didn't talk about Raymond Davis. I think it's a I think it's a solid, I think it's a deeper class even if it doesn't have the higher-end talent as 2021. Well, I want to stick on Eric Gray then for a minute because there's a lot of debate about him, right? It seems like there's a divide in the community on him. Either you like him or you don't like him. I've been on – I was on the Debbie Marketplace with Kane and Shane recently, and my biggest thing with Eric Gray is I I like him, but I kind of what you were just saying there, Ray, is I'm not 100% sold on him, and I kind of think almost like what Austin brought up with Corral is the way I'm attacking Eric Gray where I think – He'll produce enough at Oklahoma this year that someone's going to think he's going to be like the top or the second best running back in that class, and I'm going to sell him at top dollar. Do you agree with that, Austin, or are you all in on Eric Gray? I'm not all in on Eric Gray, no. I think he's fine. Mm. I, I mean, basically how how Ray feels is how I feel about him. I just don't think he's – I don't want to say this and someone – someone's going to like send a clip to me or something on Twitter, but I, I don't think he's consistently great in any facet of being a running back. I think there are flashes where you see him, you know, he had that run in the spring game last week where he, he had that dead leg in the open field and, and, and shook that safety. He does have a nasty dead leg, but like, I don't think he's consistently great between the tackles. I don't see him being consistently super dynamic in the open field to think that maybe he just translates as a, you know, a pure pass catcher. I just don't, I don't know. There's just something missing there. I wish I wish that he could put it all together. And I'm, maybe Oklahoma will let him do that. It's a better team than Tennessee in pretty much every single way. So that that would be the only thing that I say, Austin, to you on that, because I don't think you said anything that's not valid or true. But give the kid an opportunity to do that. And I don't think he even had an opportunity at Tennessee to do that, man. I mean, they got Ty Chandler, who's been there for 80 years, still trying to trying to give him the ball. Jared, Jared Guantanamo Bay, whatever his name is, throwing the ball. I mean, it was just a hor- – Tennessee was terrible, terrible. Watching them play was – you might as well rip your eyes out. But when they gave him the volume and they gave him the work, he produced an unlimited opportunity this fall. I mean, he was fantastic, and I can't – you know, I don't extrapolate numbers out. And part of it, uh, I think that's kind of a frivolous exercise in the first place – but over 700 rushing yards on, you know, sub 200 carries. And then he had 30 receptions. Like, I think he, the tools are there. 
but he's got to be given the opportunity to do more. And I just don't think he's had the opportunity to do more. So this fall is going to be really telling. Can he hold off Kennedy Brooks and Seth McGowan to get enough of that, that volume and that workload to, to do something special. But here's the thing. I think Eric Gray is a very good athlete, so he's going to test well. Um, and, and that's going to help his stock right then and there. But I, I am a big Eric Gray fan right now, and I got him as my RB3 in 2022. Okay. Yeah, I, I think he will have a very good season. I mean, I I know none of us here are big Ramondre Stevenson guys, and, and look at just how well he produced in that offense last year. I think it's fair to say Eric Gray is uh, 10 times more athletic than him. And, and Kennedy Brooks, and I'm sure some of it is just him – opting out last year due to the health concerns and everything with COVID, but he just did not look good at all in that spring game. And I wonder how much of that is being out a year of football and trying to come back and work in. So I, I do think Eric Gray is going to be in for a good year. You know, if, if you decide you want to sell him, I think you're going to be able to get your value for him. But if you want to keep him, I, I don't disagree with what you guys are saying. Maybe it's more of like Austin said with um, Zamir White. I just, I have to see it. I, I just, I'm not, I, I can't buy in, and especially with as high as he's going in C2C drafts. I mean, he went in the second round the other day. That's just too – I can't – What? Yeah. Yeah, he went ahead at – well, again, I'm I'm high on Travion Henderson. But, yeah, he went in that two – what was that? Also, it was like 2-1, right? Zamir White? No, Eric Gray. Sorry, Gray. No, oh. no, no, not White. No, Zamir White didn't go to like the seventh round or something like that. No, 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 oh, Eric Gray. I like Gray. I like Gray too, but I, I'm I, I'm not taking him at 2-1. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some of the wide receivers. This is a the 2021 class has been talked about for what feels like a year, how good it was going to be. And as we got through some of the season, the testing numbers, kind of people have come up and down on some of these wide receivers. It's really kind of locked in, I think, on there's at least a consensus for, right? It, it's J- Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell. And for most people, Rondale Moore is still up there. I know a lot of people are worried mm, about Bateman. his size, but. Well, see, but a lot of people don't have Bateman up there. That's why I don't uh, – there's a lot of people I know who are faded Bateman down to, like, wide receiver 10. So that's why Damn. I know most people have Rondale more somewhere in those top six, even with his size. So I think those are kind of the consensus top guys. But next year, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, David Bell, and I know George Pickens got hurt, but he's got all the skill there. Both of you two were one of the first guys on the Traylon Burks train. You guys have been hyping him up for as long as I can remember. Ray, how do you rank these guys uh, in the 2022 class at wide receiver? Burks, Wilson, Bell, Pickens, Olave. I think that's six. I'll just give you six. That's That's where I have them right now. I got Burks, Wilson, Bell as my top three guys. Austin, how do you guys come in? Okay. Go ahead, Ray. No, no, go. I'll answer the question. I was about to elaborate, but I want to hear Austin's. Okay. I think it really – I do think that Burks has the most upside. I mean, he's clearly the best athlete. He weighs more than all of them. He's bigger than all of them. He's faster than all of them. You know, he can – he's versatile. They play him, you know, slot, backfield. You know, they, they, he can play any of the three starting wide receiver positions. I think Pickens is the best pure wide receiver out of the group. I really, really do. But the knee injury is concerning. You know, he didn't do anything for half of last year. Granted, you know, I am pretty much the biggest hater on whatever Stetson Bennett, Dewan Mathis combination they wanted to throw out there last year. 
so I want to say he's the best pure receiver out of the group. I just don't know. The one that I, do, that I don't like as much as everybody else, and I just don't quite get it, is David Bell. Like, I think he's good. I just don't, like, love anything that David Bell does, you know. So, uh, are, do you feel the same way, Ray? I mean, you had him relatively yeah. low in that group. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think he's I think he's good. I, I, I literally just recorded a show about 2022 guys, and I had David Bell – you know, I had him at, at three, at wide receiver three. And I think what I'm leaning on, and I'm such a fraud, I'm such a fraud film guy because with all the film that I like, I still, I mean, listen, like the fact that he produced the way that he did as a true freshman is pretty impressive. I mean, you can't over a thousand yards as a true freshman when he really wasn't even supposed to do that. That's, I'm not going to take that away from the kid. He's sort of like, and and I am not comping him to this player, but the play style reminds me of like Michael Thomas. Like it's nothing special, right? But if he gets the volume and he gets fed, he's going to catch the ball. He's going to be where he needs to be. He's not an elite athlete. He doesn't make like he's just he's just a good wide receiver, right? Like I think he's going to have that same draft draft path as Rashad Bateman, like where people love him going all through the college season. He's going to put up big numbers. And then as the process goes on and they start to see how athletic Traylon Burks is and how freaky of an athlete Garrett Wilson is and how George Pickens returns from his ACL injury and he's still George Pickens. I think people are going to see those guys. And then it's not going to be a, it's not going to be because Bell did anything wrong, but I think he will work his way down um, sort of the ranks. I'm, I'm with you, Austin. He's, He's fine. He's a good wide receiver, man. He's a good wide receiver. I like him. I don't love him. There are only two wide receivers in this class that I absolutely love and one that is on pause because of the injury, and that's George Pickens. But I love, love, love Traylon Burks. Like everything about what he does, even to the fact that at 230 pounds, they had him returning punts and kicks. That's that's dy- dynamic to be that big. And I know it sounds crazy. When he was returning punts, this is how he was catching a damn ball like this. Like he was like grabbing it out of the air. He, didn't, he wasn't like cradling the punt. He's like like grabbing it out of the sky is how he was returning punts, man. Um, but, but his size and playing with probably the worst quarterback group in the SEC – to produce what he did, still commanding over 30% of the market share of receptions and receiving yards last season with uh, KJ Jefferson and Hornsby. I know people want him to be something. And Felipe Franks uh, at six, at six, three, and he dropped weight, you know, he dropped weight this spring to 224. They play him in the slot, man. Like go watch Arkansas. Like just, I know it's not fun, but if, for those people who don't really know, like he he's he can line up all over, but they he primarily plays in the slot, and he just destroys people in there. He's just he's too big, he's too fast, he's too long. His body control is outstanding. I, I think he's the most athletic outside of Garrett Wilson, but size adjusted athlete in the class at the wide receiver position. So you said that you love two, which I'm assuming are Burks and Wilson. Is that kind of your tier one right now, or do you have all five? I know you named six. I would assume Olave is not in tier one. Uh, but are all six of those guys five guys? Is it just those two? How does your tier one shape up before you cut it? 
I still think I have Pickens, Bell, Burks, and Wilson as my tier one guys. Austin, what about you? It's he's the exact same way. Those four are my tier one. Yep. Do you guys see any shot that someone again? We we know players are going to break out every single year, but a guy who maybe put on a little bit of a show last year, you know, I mean, Drake London, we just mentioned earlier. You got Jadon Hazelwood, Theo Weese, Jake Smith, well, Trey Knox, um, his teammate there at Arkansas, Birkin's teammate at Arkansas. You've got John Mechie, Wondell Robinson. Any of these guys jump up? Maybe not in the tier one with those top two guys, but the top of tier two. Go ahead, Austin. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think London is going to be a trendy pick um, just because he's so, you know, he's in that Mike Evans, you know, spectrum of, of player. I don't know how I feel about him yet, but he did look really good in the spring game again, and he looked pretty solid last year. The only other guy, like I, I do think that that if Boston College has a decent year, I think Zay Flowers could creep up into like the Alave tier. I don't think he'll hit tier one. But I think he could be like considered that level of a player. You know, he has decent size, just under six feet, I believe. Looks like a pretty good athlete. Produced really well last year. Looked great again in the spring with Djurkovic. He's going to be the guy there. I don't know if he hits that tier one, but I think he's he's a guy that could creep up by the time you know we're, we're talking about this next offseason. Oh, this is actually a really interesting question. So I want to get your your thoughts on this, Ray. Is the 2022 tier one receivers better than the 21 tier one receivers? No. Well, no. I've only got three guys in 2021 in tier one. It's Smith, Waddle, Chase. I don't think any of these guys are better than Chase. And I don't think Burks is a better wide receiver than Devonta Smith, but he's, I mean, he's bigger. And he's fucking good, right? So anybody who said Burks over Smith, I'm not going to argue that one. But I would take I would take Smith over Wilson. I'd take Waddle over Wilson. But I think it would be those three, and then we can start to have the conversation about Burks and, and Bell and Wilson. But I, I think Chase is better than all of them. I think Smith is a better wide receiver than all of them at this point. Um, yeah, man, and, and Austin, to your pick, uh, Drake London, I, I, I lied. I have him in tier one. He is a tier one guy for me. And I think a key to remember about Drake London is as good as he's looked in limited opportunity, like this is just going to be his first full season focusing on football. I mean, he played he played basketball for USC for the past two years. So he wasn't even fully committed. And every time they just throw it to him, he's just beasting over folks. And at 6'5", 210, 215, this is what the 2022 class offers that 2021 doesn't offer. Like, think about this. When I was doing my rankings, I was like, man, Chris Olave is small. They got him listed at 6'1", 189. That's only 11 pounds lighter than Jamar Chase, who's one of the bigger wide receivers in 2021, right? Like, these dudes are big. Like, Burks is huge. Bell is 6'2", 2 plus. London is 6'5". Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson's not very big, but you go down the list, there's some other large wide receivers um in this class. So um I, I did want to I did want to sneak uh sneak a little bit of love in there for for Drake London and a guy that we also didn't talk about that I think will be a hot name is Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. I thought he was a guy that could have potentially declared here in 2021. So to see him go back 
he's probably going to smash. We still got C.J. Johnson at East Carolina, who's another big wide receiver. He was kind of a Debbie darling going into this season, and then it just kind of fell apart for ECU. But th- th- these 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 receivers in 2022 are, are kind of nice, man. Yeah, and Trey Knox there at Arkansas is also, I think, 6'5". So him and Burks both really big guys, although Knox had a kind of a down season there as well at Arkansas. So we've only got uh, a couple more minutes before Ray's got to get out of here. So there's a very interesting question I want to ask you guys. And when I ask this question, people understand that when I say this, Ray doesn't hate Bijan, uh, but you're, you're, you're kind of like – you're nitpicking at the top here. So I looked at your ranks because I am part of your Patreon and you have Tank ranked over Bijan. I'm just curious as to why. I don't. I do You changed not. it? I, I changed it like two weeks ago. Did you? Well, I don't know why it didn't update Go on mine. At, so we all love yeah. Bijan Robinson. I did not answer that question. I did not but, ask that question. But, 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 but for the spirit of the question, spirit of the question, I just think that... I, I'm trying to understand how people can just say right now he's the clear cut, not even a conversation, top running back in Debbie C2C college football, whatever you want to call it, because Tank Bigsby was outstanding in a far more difficult conference with nothing around him, right? And I know Texas didn't have a lot of rent. Texas didn't have a lot of NFL talent, but Sam Ellinger is an experienced college quarterback right who takes pressure off of defenses because he runs because he runs the damn ball not because of his arm but i'm just i, I don't think i've got three guys in that tier in tier one it's Bijan, it's gibbs and it's tank bigsby and i think they all do different they do things differently right there but I, I think all of those guys are outstanding running back prospects and while i have tank ahead of tank i have Bijan ahead of Tank. All I'm saying is, I don't think it's that as big as a, a gap as a lot of people want to make it seem. I do not. I mean, Bigsby's the best running back in the SEC coming into the fall. Like he's by far, in my opinion, he's the top dog in the SEC. And I, I say that over Isaiah Spiller. I, I love Spiller. I want to see how Spiller reacts to uh, DA Devin Devon Achnane, whatever the however you pronounce his last name, who got a ton of volume towards the end of the season and is a different player than Isaiah Spiller. He's a speed guy, right? I I don't, I don't know how people uh, just look at him and they're like, ah, not even in the same tier as Bijan Robinson. And I'm not, I'm not arguing against Bijan. I'm advocating for the other two. And I think I forgot who tweeted it out, but they basically talked about Jameer Gibbs. His freshman season is one of the best freshman seasons you know, given his workload, which was minimal that we've seen in quite some time. And I think he's a dynamic running back as well. But I love B. John Robinson, man. I'm down here in Texas. You know I love B. John, man. I got the Ricky Williams jersey on the wall. I like B. John, man. Was it uh... – it was a DLF guy, I think, because we were talking about that in our Slack channels. I think he put twist. It was like Bijan, Gibbs, and somebody else on one of the Jarek's charts matched up with Saquon on like how good their years were. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I know Austin's a massive Jameer Gibbs fan as well. So i I have them I have them ranked currently. I think Bijan, Tank, and then Gibbs. And I'll say I know a guy that a lot of people are sleeping on on that running back class that I really like has not gotten a shot is Kendall Milton. I actually think he could jump up there with those three. It's not going to get a shot this year with Samir White being there, but I, I really like Milton. So last one uh, before we get out of here, because Ray has got to got to go, and I want him to be able to plug all of his stuff. 
Give me like one or two sleepers, however many you want to give me, 2022, 2023, because we've kind of already talked about a lot, but I want a, a little bit more out of you guys. Both of you guys are two of the, you know, you guys break down more film than some people I know. You're both really good at that shit. You d- dive deep. You're bringing up players that like, I, you know, I, I remember, I'll just use this as an example. I went in and was watching Huddle film for the incoming freshman class at one point, and I sent out a message to our group. I was like, damn, man, this Peter Costelli kid going to Utah is good. And Austin's like, yeah, I mentioned him like four months ago. So, yeah, okay, well, fuck you, Austin. All right, I was trying to be like, I unearthed some diamonds, and you guys have already found those guys like four months ago. So give us some names that we can look into that we'll be talking about when that 2021 college football season rolls around. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think I'd name anybody on this show that's that's a sleeper, man. Y'all they're degenerates. Like you dive deep, you know all of these guys, right? Um, but a couple of players that I really like, um, one of them will be a part of the 2022 draft class, and I mentioned him a second ago, is Anaya Smith out of Texas AM. Uh he's not a running back, he's more wide receiver than running back, but he's got an ability to, you know, take some handoffs out of the backfield. He's just a dynamic, dynamic player. And I think he's going to be one of those guys as we go through the draft process next year for 2022 that people are going to fall in love with. I think Anaya Smith is what everybody wanted Demetric Felton to be and better. Uh, And, you know, a a, a player like that, he's going to be so landing spot dependent, right? Like Anaya Smith is going to have to go to the right team that knows how to use him. But the skill set that he has, I'm a big Anaya Smith fan, big, big Anaya Smith fan. And then I also, um, you know, I talked a little bit about uh, Jalen Tolbert. I kind of stole, I kind of like ruined my thunder with that one because I think Jalen Tolbert, you know, has a chance to put himself in consideration to be uh, one of the, you know, at least the top, let's say top 12 wide receiver in 2022 with room to potentially move up. Another player that I really like that's going to get a big opportunity to shine. And I was drafting this kid as an incoming freshman because of his high school highlight tapes, but Jermaine Burton, y'all, like if you haven't gotten on the Jermaine Burton train yet, you better hurry up because it's going to leave the station. Burton is a dog. And the fact that he was able to command the type of targets that he did as a true freshman alongside George Pickens, now that Pickens isn't there with JT Daniels in the picture, uh, I, I forgot the other wide receiver that they had that he hurt himself, so I don't think he's playing this year. Um, but a uh, big fan of Jermaine Burton. So, again, no sleepers. Y'all know who all these cats are, but really excited to see Burton play, excited to see Jalen Tolbert, and then my man Anaya Smith out of Texas A&M. All right. Well, Ray, thank you for taking time out of your day in the middle of a tornado over here in Texas to to jump on and talk a little college football with us. If, for whatever reason, anybody listening or watching is living under a rock and doesn't know where to find you, let everybody know where they can find you, everything you've got going on. And f- find me on Twitter at RayGQ, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Y'all know, y'all know where I'm at. Find me there. I've got to ask y'all something before I get out of here, though. I asked Jared Wackerly this. I've, I, I'm trying to figure out this quarterback situation at Ohio state is CJ Stroud, the truth. Like I watched him. Right. And I, and I get, it's just the spring game. He looks good to me. And I preface this by saying, I know this is the most ludicrous thing to say, but I think we give NFL scouts and evaluators more credit than they probably deserve. But I think the reason why these speculations and accusations of Justin Fields slipping 
I think it's because of the Ohio State quarterback BS. Maybe somebody's believing in that in, in front offices because it can't be on-field production. I, I, so I, I preface that by saying, A, is C.J. Stroud that good? And B, if he is that good, is he going to be pushed down because of that ridiculous narrative? I need to know about C.J. Stroud before I get out of here. My wife is probably like, well, uh, I don't care. Tell me I'll about C.J. Stroud. I'll let Austin answer this because I feel like my answer is biased. So, I mean, I'll give my answer, but I'll let you go yeah, first. Go ahead. You're the Ohio State fan, Matt. I mean, I pr- I slightly prefer Stroud just because I think it's a hard situation for a freshman to come in and overtake a kid like that. But Stroud is amazing. And I think the biggest thing that worries me, or I think is a good thing for him as well, is he, just like you talked about with Drake London, he was not committed to actually being like a quarterback until his like junior year in high school. He So he's still, I think, learning the quarterback position. I do think obviously having Ryan Day in that offense is going to help him. I will say, well, did Jared say C.J. Stroud? He said he didn't know. He was like, I, he okay. said he didn't know enough about him. That's what he said. I will say, and I don't know if you've got the time, go back and watch that spring game again and tell me if you really think C.J. Stroud was the better quarterback because I don't think he was. And I think the quarterback that's the better quarterback on that roster is not going to win the job because he's a freshman this year. C.J. Stroud, I I did not give enough credit to this, and Austin brought it up earlier in the year, and he was right. C.J. Stroud was in that offense all last year. He was able to, from everything I've heard, that dude would like followed fields around like a puppy. And he tried to absorb everything feels it. And that that's helpful. That's, you know, anybody, you know, you've played in college, you know, learning that stuff, especially from someone like fields who's special that helps you on field. So I think Stroud is going to get the job. And I do think he is a very, very good quarterback. I, I don't like that they're comparing him to fields. Cause I don't think that they're the same player, but I do think he's going to be very good for the college side. And I'm sure he is going to get the same crap thrown at him when he ends up coming out into the NFL. But I, I do think he'll be very good. But draft Kyle McCord, baby. Draft Kyle McCord. All right, Ray. I know you got to go. I don't want. I want to hold you up anymore. We really do appreciate you jumping on with yeah. us, taking some time. Good luck tomorrow. And uh, if you guys want, uh, I know you're with the Podfather tomorrow, right? I saw that. Correct. Yeah. For the yeah. draft coverage. So check yep. them out if you guys want to jump on their draft coverage. I'm sure they'll they'll be rocking it for whatever that shit goes for four or five hours tomorrow. But again, thank you, Ray, so much. Have a great night. Thank y'all for having me, man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. And that will do it for us tonight. You can find all of our written content over at campustocanton.com. You can follow the show at Debbie Debate. You can follow Austin at Debbie Deets. Follow myself at SportsFanaticMB. Follow Ray at RayGQ. And of course, Felix Sharp at Sharper Review. Apologies to Desmond Howard. Uh, we ran out of time. <laughs> Who's kidding? We weren't going to have him on the show, anyways. For Austin Nace, that's Ray Garvin. I'm Matt Bruning. And there's only two things I hate in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Good night and good luck. Side of the field. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32 and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown, Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall.
Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter up the cut it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. Just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races! Nobody will catch him! <laughs> 93 yards for the freshman! He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry, he'll add to that! Goodbye, touchdown Ohio State. From 52 yards. 